0: We can make coffee that doesn't take 20 minutes to prepare in the morning or 20 minutes standing in line for it. Like effectively, if time is money and you're spending money on coffee, take how much you make an hour, how long it took you to get that cup of coffee, then add the cup of coffee to it, right? Like that's how much you actually paid for that cup of coffee.
1: When this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're gonna see some serious shit.
0: That is the story of human progress. One inch at a time.
2: I'm your host, Joe DiStefano, and you're listening to Stack. In today's episode, I sit once again with my good friend, Adam Von Rothfelder. If you don't remember Adam from an earlier episode of Stacked, he is the founder and CEO of one of my favorite companies, Strong Coffee. Strong Coffee basically got me through the birth of my son a few weeks ago, and it was in that vein when I realized that my first Father's Day was coming up, uh, and depending on how quickly we can get this show out, Father's Day is either in a few days or was a few days ago, and as I began to think about my first Father's Day and what birth was like and what I was doing, I called up Adam and I said, hey, like, let's do a Father's Day podcast, so that's exactly what we did. And in today's show, we talk about a lot of things. Adam is a fun, genuine, super knowledgeable guy that's been in the health and fitness industry for near 20 years. And he's owned gyms and trained celebrities and created consumer products. So he's a wealth of knowledge about everything. And the biggest problem when you talk to Adam is not uh, if it's gonna be a good show, but it's can we stay on point? Because him and I could talk about 100 different things For hours and hours and hours. I think this episode is about two hours long. Uh, And we talk about a lot. And with the idea of this being a Father's Day episode, I try to bring us back, no matter how far we stray, to this idea of being a father and raising kids. And we talk about differences between having girls and having boys. We talk about how pregnancy and birth and becoming a parent changes you as a person. We talk about muscle building and how to work out if you're a dad and how to kind of combat that sort of belief that exercise has to be, you know, a full hour in a gym or two hours in a gym and how we need to reframe fitness and health and and just about everything in life when we become a father and we're parenting small kids and we need to make them the priority. As is always the case with Adam, we talk about time. Time is something that uh, as I get to know Adam more, Is very core to his message. And he shares a lot of hacks and a lot of concepts in this episode that I really love around time. And I think you will too. We talk about protein. This is a topic that came up the last time I talked to Adam, but specifically, we talk about whey protein and both how Adam uses it with his clients and how Amelia and I used it in the third trimester of our pregnancy to try to boost Amelia's. Not only her uh, protein intake, but her immune system, thione production. So we dive pretty deep into protein. Again, anytime Adam is on the show, it is a fun, enjoyable, high-energy, genuine conversation. And I'm excited to bring you today's show. As always, if you enjoy it or have somebody in your inner circle that would benefit or uh, glean some amazing information from this show... Please share it around. That's what these episodes are here for, to get out there into the world. And if you wouldn't mind, if you dig the show, especially today's show or any show, please leave a review wherever you download these episodes. Don't forget to subscribe. All these little things that may not seem like much. They really matter as a podcast host, producer, and um, person that's trying to share some of this information with the world. As always, enjoy the show. I have no doubt you're going to. And before we get started, a special shout out to today's podcast partner, Quicksilver Scientific now, you may remember my two previous podcasts with Dr. Chris Shade, the founder of Quicksilver Scientific. And you may remember him and I's last conversation where he chatted and and gave us a little sneak preview into a new immune system booster that he was formulating. Well, that product just hit the market this month, June 2020. And it's called Immune Charge. This immune support formula is absolutely next level. But it is super potent. In fact, I'm not even taking it every single day. I'm doing two days a week. Emilia is doing two to three days a week. As with all Quicksilver products, this is a liposomal blend of the most critical nutrients and vitamins you need to boost your immune system. These include vitamin C, vitamin A, vitamin D, E, K1, K2, and Dr. Shade has wrapped all of these nutrients in European black elderberry. This is delivered in a small shot. So almost like when you're at the grocery store and you see the little shot of like sleep tonic or something like that. It comes in these little shots. There's 12 of them in a box. They are absolutely magical. This is the first line of defense. Uh, if you feel like you might be getting sick, if you feel like, you know, the, the nose is starting to run, the throat's starting to get sore, even if you don't take take them on a regular basis, this is the product that you want to shoot when you feel those symptoms coming on without a doubt. And in the context of our modern world and not quite knowing if we're going to have another wave, I am doing everything and pulling out all the stops when it comes to immune health for me and Amelia. And that's why we're taking two to three of these per week. This is the absolute union of Mother Nature's amazing goodness and modern science. And it is an exceptional product that I cannot recommend highly enough. So if you head on over to QuicksilverScientific.com, use code STACKED if it's your first order, and you're going to save 15% on your entire cart. If you're a returning customer to Quicksilver Scientific, and I've sent you over there before, use code STACKED10, and you're going to save 10%. So guys, I would urge you, if you need any immune support, to head on over to Quicksilverscientific.com and give Immune Charge a try. And otherwise, enjoy today's podcast with Adam Von Rothfelder. Well, hey, all right. So you ready to go or do we need to break anything no, down before we start? No, no. Right, let's, cool. let's
0: do I thought we already started. Let's let's do this.
2: <laughs> all episode right, two. Episode <laughs> two. So I, I'm considering calling this episode how to do it all. But we're going to have to see where we end up because we end up talking about COVID or something. I'll rename it. But I have a good idea of a way to start the show. And it's this you recently said to me, find out exactly who you are and then do it on purpose. And everything you do is on purpose. I remember the first time I had you on the show, you were talking about the kind of like graphic design lines, the guidelines or whatever that you left on the bag of strong coffee. And if I'm not mistaken, they're still on there because you like the the sort of realness of that on your on your packaging. And when I was waiting for you to pop on, I was on the website. And first of all, I got hit with a thing that said, hey, you with the weak coffee, which I got to chuckle out. But then... You offered me as a as a new visitor to your website a fifteen and a half percent discount so why does a guy that does everything on purpose offer his web visitors fifteen and a half percent off
0: uh yeah because I wanted it to be uh, mathematically I wanted it to come to uh, a certain price per cup based off the subscription and <laughs> it was more important to me that the individual was paying a certain amount than it was important for me to have some even number or, uh, whatever. So I literally sat there and figured it out to the point where it was like, okay, well, it has to be <laughs> 0.5 to become that per cup price. Yeah. And, uh, and that was, that was the solution. Um, I'm, you know, it's funny. I'm, I'm, for some, I'm a hyper practical person for as creative and wild as I am, I'm, there's a, there's a sense of practicality that was ingrained in me as a union electrician to uh, just remain super practical and efficient. And it was, I'm like, why is everybody, you know, what does this come to mathematically on the back end? And I'm like, well, that doesn't make sense. I'm like, it should make more sense for the consumer on the back end than the front end.
2: Got it. I have never seen a fractional discount, and I I knew that there was going to be a story behind it, and some kind of kind of comical thing. I just can't imagine. See, my brain wouldn't even go there. I wouldn't even. I don't think many people that own businesses, and and we'll talk about strong coffee more later on. But I just I've never seen a company offer a fractional discount. So thank you for being who you are, and um, and and breaking the mold, and and zigging when everyone else is zagging
0: yeah man it's just another way for me to kind of to kind of be goofy and I think the yeah. price if I'm not mistaken there was another thing that I was kind of geeking out on um when i when I did the subscription price was that um and i'm just i i i have to check because it was something that I geeked out on and i'm like i'm i'm ninety nine percent sure that this is how it ended up panning out but okay no we ended up going away from it but yeah so it was thirty two ninety six. so it ended up becoming like 265 a, a, a glass of strong coffee and that was like I wanted to be under 275 and I didn't want and when I saw 275 I was like well that number doesn't make sense I don't know I was high and <laughs> it just all made sense <laughs> at that point <laughs> <laughs> oh,
2: oh, all right. Well, hey. All right. So, Adam, thank you so much for, for joining. And I mean, today's show, we're going to flip this one really quickly. Uh, right now, it is Monday, June 15th. And we had this great idea just last night to do a Father's Day show together. As yeah. many of the listeners know, I just had... Uh, well, I didn't have anything, but Emilia had <coughs> our first baby you two weeks ago. I acquired a son recently. <laughs> and... um I'm really kind of. Uh, I look at. I've watched you from afar over the last bunch of years, and your role as uh, dad and CEO. And I think that we could have a really interesting show together, and that's what we'll do, just around this. Uh, you know, how do you do it all? And
0: um, yeah, man, where should I think we that's kick like off? The, om- the omni, omni father. Omni father. (laughs) It's like, how do you do everything? Be everywhere. Uh, yeah, man, I think it, you know, I think where it really starts is where it starts, which is, you know, when you become a father, there are certain, you know, things that, that happen. I mean, when your wife is pregnant, you understand that you're going to be a father. You understand that, you know, your life is going to change, but your life actually hasn't changed. Right. And you're not the one that has a baby. Um, You know, you're, you're not the one that is gaining the extra weight unless you're sympathy eating. Um, You know, you're not the one that's having hormonal shifts and changes that are, you know, preparing them and in some way also like connecting them, you know, to their, to their baby. Um, I I really believe it's hard. It was, I, I, I love the baby that was inside of my wife. But like it wasn't the same type of love that my wife had because my wife was carrying it, right? Like, right. and I, mm-hmm. and I think we could all agree to that as men. Uh, we don't have to own that. Own, own that. That no, we love him just as much. It's like no, I, I don't think it was. I don't think it's possible. The minute that baby is born, though, and you hold it and you see it, you know that you would die for it, mm-hmm. and everything changes. Everything about what you've ever said that you would do, you realize that, you know, it's time to do it. Uh, there's a rapper that I really like. Uh, his name's is Lecrae and everybody, he says that, you know, growing up, everybody said, you know, you have a lot of, you know, you have a lot of potential, but as you get older, all you hear is that the rent is due. And, mm-hmm there's like a, there's, there's like a coming of age, you know, somebody once asked me, when do we really go from being like a a child to an adult? And I think it's kind of when we have a child of our own (laughs) and your sense of responsibility, your sense of working hard shifts, everything shifts. So you have that, you have that baby and you, you're, you're, you're not only going to be better, you know, for them, you're going to ultimately become better for yourself. And and I think it really starts with that kind of idea of like when we're sitting on the airplane and we're, we're listening to the idea that we would have to put a mask on ourselves before we put it on our kid. And for some people, they'd be like, oh, that's insane. You know, but it's like, what good are you if you're passed out? So I think that once that baby is due, it's time to put the mask on yourself and learn how you're going to take care of your baby then. Right, so ultimately, you being in the greatest health yourself—you know, whether it's physically, financially, emotionally—and diving into each one of those sections and peeling back the layers, so you can truly become your best self. Because you're not going to be the best father out out the door. It's going to take, you know, some 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 learning lessons, you know, internally and externally, to to devise what kind of parent you're really going to be, and ultimately, your partner. Is extremely important in that, and I had a a great partner in it. Have a great partner in it, and uh, you know, she's. I was talking about a book called Conscious Parenting, which is a you know a really good book that breaks down a lot of great parenting stuff. But reading something and experiencing it is completely different. And all these parenting books, I never hear about like taking care of yourself. I never hear about you know becoming like healthier, fitter, leaning from example like be the be the motherfucking captain of your family. Like life is a life is, you know, life is like it's like a, you know, if you're an athlete, it's a it's a it's a field and it's a sport and you have to lead this team and you have to lead by example. You got to be the first person to wake up. You got to be the first person in the gym. You got to be the first per, you got to be the last person out. And I think that's what being a father is. You know, and that's what yeah. that's what being a that's what being a strong dad is. For certain. Um, So um, I think that, you know, that being said, first person up, what are you doing in your morning? You know, how are you going to keep that morning routine? Dr. John Berardi, uh, Precision Nutrition. um, I don't know what you think about him, but I think he's an absolute, absolute G. Yeah. And he once said, that the we get stuck in this mind frame for everyone for always forever and when he said that it like stuck to me i'm like oh man this is all psychological like why people can't work out you know they Mm. they experience fitness in a realm of impractical design like it's i mean unsustainable design like The way you learn fitness, you have no responsibilities. You're in middle school, high school. You're spending two hours fucking around at the gym with your buddies, maybe three. You know, you think you have to do X to get Y and you think it's going to take a certain amount of time and you think that that's what it's going to be for everyone and for always. So then when you try to reapproach fitness as a father who now is just awoken to the idea of becoming somebody that has to take care of himself because he has this thing that he has to take care of, then... Ultimately, they're going to be analytically fucked because they're going to think that they have to work out for two hours. And there's no way that you have time to work out for two hours, especially if you plan on being you know, successful in all areas of life. If you want to do it all, you cannot spend two hours in the gym a day. So right. I think that redefining what fitness is is a huge step in becoming the, you know, the, the father that can do it all. Right. Because the fitter you are, the greater endurance you'll have to play with your kids, the less apt you'll be to, you know, push them aside when they want to play as they get a little older, you know. And, and, I mean, that's the kind of parents I raised that raised me. You know, I had overweight parents that didn't do shit around me in the sense of like play with me, you know, uh, it was, it was not there. I think, you know, and I, I, I had kids that grew up in my neighborhood, thank God that, you know, had parents that did. Cause you know, I got to play sports and do that kind of stuff with, with kids. But when I think about it, I'm like, yo, that's a lot of us learn from others as to what we want to do. And then sometimes we learn from others what we don't want to do. And I'm like, right. well, I don't want to be like that. And I think that that's a, you know, an important step in also figuring out what kind of parent you're going to be is by ult- ultimately examining what kind of parents you had And, uh, understanding how you're going to, um, not make the mistakes that they made.
2: Right. No, I, gosh, man. And, um, I think that, you know, there's been a a few things for me, you know, when, when baby Leon Thor was born, I think, um, what really kind of changed in me? It's It's been an interesting sort of, um, I feel like my intuition just really expanded in the direction of what I really need to be doing in this moment. So in other words, even if he's sleeping, it's and my brain says, well, it's 3 p.m. on a Wednesday, so I, I, sh- I should be working. Um, my intuition, when I actually need to take a nap myself or, um, go do something like breath work or go do like swing a kettlebell. I feel like my, my sort of ability to kind of, I guess my, my force fed thought is like, you need to go work. You need to go make money. You need to go do, you know, do what you got to do to provide for your family. But then I feel like my intuition in terms of what do I really need in the long run? What's going to benefit me the most? Is it spending an hour doing, you know, new reads for the podcast or writing a new blog, or is it something that's going to expand my mind and kind of ground myself in this slightly sleep deprived, maybe nutritionally deprived slightly from what I'm used to, um, place that I'm in. So that, that's been an interesting kind of journey for me is that expansion and my ability to kind of have confidence in how I meander around and, uh, a well, few things.
0: You're, you're, you're so ahead. much more, you're so much more conscious of it now. Like you said, like right. the minute that you became a father, there was a certain form of intuition that like immediately hit you. Like you were more aware of the doctors around you, right? Like you were more aware of even the lights. Like I was like, yeah, the minute I held my kid, I was just like, boom, you know, like right. anybody try to touch this baby. <laughs> <You> know, <like laughs> it was, it was very, you know, I, I felt it immediately. And, right. and Hey man, like I see a little, I see a kid fucking around with my little kid at a playground. Like I'll go fucking say something like I'm not, yeah. you know, there is, there is not much that will hold me back. If somebody's trying to hurt my kid, um, you know, <laughs> it's like I've gone up to a little kid and been like, you little shit, you can't say that to her. <laughs> you know, and it's like, like a 15 year old kid, <laughs> you know, it's like your shirts um, off. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just flex a little bit on him. But, um, Uh, we'll get into the concept of future dating laws that I have around my daughters that I've already pre-established by the time they were like one. So uh, we'll talk about that later, but you know, so the, the idea of the idea of, you know, managing expectations. So when you were like uh, what you said was, you know, you became more intuitive, you became more conscious of all the things that you have to do because Effectively, there's a couple of things that happen when you become a father. Time becomes far more like finite because now you realize that you only have a certain amount of time as well, not just like on a day-to-day level to put into the things that you want, but on like a long-term level and the things that you'll do with your kid and like the things that you'll be able to achieve in your life. Something about bringing life into this world reminds us of death. So we ultimately become a lot more conscious about leaving like behind, say, a legacy, right? Mm. Providing a greater future for our child. So you know instinctively, kind of like how some people know unknowingly when they want ice cream that they're asking for like calcium or something, right? Like they're having this weird (laughs) craving and their body is like defining around the, you know, where dairy comes from. And they're like, oh, ice cream pops in their head because it's an association machine. You're associating breath work, you know, better nutrition, greater sleep, exercise, monetizing through ads, making sure that your podcasts are staying on time as your commitment to your community. And that is like where everybody needs to be. Right. Which is why you have Runga, you know, which is why you teach people that stuff, because that's intuitively where your mind goes obviously it's been educated, but now it's not education. It's, it's, it's just second nature in a way. And, yeah. and that's how it was for me. Thank God. But like, let's pretend we don't have that. And it's like, where do we, where do we become, you know, where do we first start? So I think it you know, starts with reducing your expectations of what you previously thought fitness was. I think it's understanding better time management. So one of the things that, I've done with some clients that really helped them. I did this thing, this 30 day timekeeper thing where I, you know, told them to get a digital watch. You know, you could spend $14 on a digital watch that has a timer and uh, you, t- you time everything you do, conversations, showers, like you, you got to have a watch cause it's gotta be like accessible to like hit start, stop, You start it, you stop it five minutes, acknowledge it, erase it, don't, don't judge it, move on. Right. You just do this for 30 days and you start developing a better awareness of time. You know, and if time like everybody talks about how time is the greatest value or commodity, but more people can tell you how much money is in their bank than how much time they have left in their life or their day. Right? Like at any given time, I could ask you how much money is in your bank account, and you would be pretty damn close. But I could be like, how long were we just working out for? And you'd be like, I don't know, like 20 minutes? <laughs> you know, and it's like an hour. Yeah. So we're not good at managing time. We're better at managing finances, some of us. Um, so I think that like time becomes something you have to like really manage. So I think that's like where the expectation, you'll find like your new expectations. Like I anticipate spending 45 minutes to an hour at most working out. The problem is, is if I work out at a gym that's 15 minutes away from me and I want to clean up afterwards and I want it now, we're like, we're at two hours. Mm -hmm. So get a nice at-home workout program, save your money from the gym, reduce your traffic time, get a 30, 40 minute workout in with, you know, a set of power blocks or a TRX or some rubber bands, you know, I mean, kettlebells kettlebells yeah i mean like i mean yeah i yeah exactly and and again i i've gotten so used to trying to kind of cater to the masses when i talk about fitness more as recently because you know kettlebells are my my baby i mean i had a kettlebell gym when i was i mean i had probably one of the first kettlebell gyms in the midwest you know and hmm. had it for seven years and i you know, had my first set of kettlebells at 22. I'm, I'm almost 39, you know, so 17 years ago. And, but like still today, like most people have a pair of dumbbells or a rubber band at their house before they have a fucking kettlebell. Um, but that should be the opposite. Check out kettlebell Kings. They got great shit. Um, and I'm not paid to say that, um, uh, <laughs> They do they just really do have good bells. I like the I like the color distinctions on them. But let's get back to the expectations. So somebody has to reduce their expectations to find an ability to start something. Right. Because if they don't feel like they can finish it, like why would they start? Right. So I think that's like where, you know, at home workouts. I think a lot of people fucking woke up during COVID about like how good at-home workouts could be. Right. And how much more efficient you become. Throughout your day, like you all of a sudden are not driving as much. Like some people probably only need the second car so they can go to the gym. Right. right? Like that that's all I need it for. So I don't have a second car. You know, it's like I enjoy not having a second car. I enjoy waking up at 530 in the morning, make you know, drinking some water, having a cup of strong coffee, working out by... a.m., 7 o'clock, being done by 8 a.m., you know, back in my house making breakfast for the kids. Right. And and it's that type of, like, thing. Like, even if you had a 9-to-5 job that you have to show up for, you could still do all of that from your house and still be a fucking awesome parent. I had this interesting kind of, like, aha moment that people who work out are effectively more absent parents who don't work out. So I was thinking about the fact that my wife works at, worked at a, 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 in a daycare for a gym. And they allow you to have your kids there for like two to three hours, right? And like people literally go to the gym for two to three hours. And it blows me away that their kids at school all day. And then they get home, you feed them, and then you drive to the gym and go work out for two or three hours. Right. And it's like you haven't seen your kid for eight hours, nine hours, and now you're not going to see him for another three. By the time you get home, it's what, five, six, seven? And then you're, Mm -hmm. you know, rushing them to do their homework or, you know, whatever it is. It's kind of interesting. So I think that, like, being a parent, it's about – changing your expectations of personal fitness and you can actually be even more fit because you can be a hell of a lot less stressed out.
2: Yeah, I think I think reframing uh, that sort of approach to fitness, the definition of fitness, the road to fitness is massively important and I I think what's what's cool about kind of your 30-day exercise with watching the clock and and understanding the investments you're making throughout the day and whether it's showering or going to the gym. Uh, It's interesting because a podcast that I had with Britta Bushnell, she talked about kind of our lives as the hands of a clock. And when you, uh, you know, my sort of emotional journey to become a parent was like, I was a son and my dad passed away two years before I became a, a parent, but like this transition of going from son to father has been so like knowing where you are on the clock as well. So in other words, like that definition of fitness and the and the quote that you had from Precision Nutrition the definition of fitness when you are somebody's son and somebody is, is looking after you as opposed to your definition of fitness, when it's your job to look after somebody else and you are now the father, it's, it's kind of an interesting, like little, like mind meld, right? Where my dad, the the roles and responsibilities.
0: Yeah. And, and, and I, you know, I, 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 I'm, I'm sorry. Like I didn't know that you lost your dad two years ago. I didn't, something about that kind of like evaded my mind at the moment that you said that and it kind of popped back in you know but like I lost my dad three months after having azalea and I remember and it's, it's, it's to like to what you said to lose your own father around becoming a father is like blah. Right, because you kind of yeah. anticipate, like when you become a dad, having a dad that's going to like teach you how to be a dad or something, or you know, like right. just like you, just like he taught you how to ride a bike, or like he showed you how to like do something, or like took you to your driving lesson. You assumed that you were like going to go to the park with him and do, you know, those were things. And my dad was, you know, dying of leukemia at the time; like he could barely leave a chair, but he like at least, you know, I, I always was very thankful that he got to hold. Azalea. And I got to see that. Um, and, and that's where like a lot of us are right, man. Like a lot of us men, you know, don't, we're going to go off like a little side tangent. A lot of us men don't have men to look up to, right? Like men die young. Like I know more men that I, I know more, I know more people that have lost their, lost their fathers than their mothers on like a very high percentage, right? Like I have at least five, six friends that have all lost their dads around like the age of like 60 years old. You know And I mean? Like good friends. I'm talking like five, six good friends out of 10 friends that I would call like good friends. And that is a super high thing. And that is like, that is also part of the awareness. That is part of the intuition. And if it's not, then it fucking should be. right? Right? Like there is a reason that we're dying. There's a reason that you hear this story so often about, you know, my dad died, you know, before I became a father, you know, you hear this constantly. And, you know, it's, it's one thing is, it's like, we don't talk about our emotions. We don't talk about our feelings. Dads, men do that, right? Like, Find somebody you can talk to. If your friends can't talk to you about it, they're not your motherfucking friends. Or teach them how to talk to you. And if they don't want to learn, then they're definitely not your fucking friends. You know, it's finding support, finding mental health through physical wellness. I mean, men's cases of depression, you know, neurodegenerative diseases. I mean, I remember when I was a union electrician, I heard the story from like, in one year, three different dudes that retired died within six months of retiring. Yeah. You know, it's just like stay busy, stay active, keep moving. Like give yourself a purpose, a reason to to wake up every morning and I think the greatest reason is becoming fucking strong. Right? Because like being strong means that you can carry carry those that can't carry themselves in time of need. You know, being strong is being torn down and still standing up. And I think that's you know physical strength translates into mental strength because we don't see that we can't do something when you start becoming stronger right like when you start realizing your own potential you start losing sight of what it is that you can't do and so i think like starting off and working out in the morning i think that's going to not only set your day off and like here let's just talk about like a perfect workout for in the morning does that sound good joe Perfect. Yeah. Okay, cool. Because everybody loves to hear like the perfect workout in the morning. So <laughs> yeah, well, I look, this is what I think it is. I think that I think that most people need help with isolating muscles. Would you agree with that?
2: Yes. And in, in context.
0: Yeah. in I'm context. Sure gonna... Meaning like if I say it to somebody flex your abs, why do they flex their chest? Right? <laughs> yeah. So like, why do they, when I say flex your biceps, why does somebody squeeze their whole body? Right. So it's like understanding just like what we're working, like, you know, awareness. So I think that when I think about like a perfect workout for a father is we want to look good, right? Like a dad bod is not what we want. We want to feel good, right? If we want to feel good, we have to move good. Right. So I think that ultimately, being training like an athlete is really an awesome way to approach your 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 physical fitness so when I think about athletic movements i think about i think about jumping i think about you know running i think about uh calisthenics be it like push ups squat jumps things that you don't need equipment for if you spend Say you have 30 minutes and you spend 15 minutes doing calisthenic warmups. Let's say even 20 minutes and then you spend the last 10 minutes lifting something heavy, isolating muscle, bicep curls, shoulder presses. So for instance, yesterday I started off with field like track and field work, skipping high knees, high kicks, Ten soldiers. Uh, then went into like some short little jogs up and down the driveway. Uh, I felt like my legs were tuned up. Started doing some small hops. Did about three rounds of everything. I think that took me all of like 15 minutes. You know, it's, I'm already sweating. You know, doing, doing what I'm doing. And... I'm like, I'm gonna warm up like I'm still thinking like this, you know, I, I'm working out with my wife and my friend, and I'm like, well, let's keep warming up. And they're like, this is a warm-up. I'm like, well, I mean, like, we're not <laughs> lifting to we're not lifting to like load. We're not lifting to like maximum anything. Like, we haven't even done a push-up yet. You know, for some people, a push-up is a max load exercise. You know, so right. I'm like, all right, let's just keep moving around these calisthenics and and you know, do some jumping jacks. We do that for like another five minutes do some mobility work, work on our ankles with some, uh, some like knee, some like forward knee movements and, uh, in in a kneeling position in a, in a, you know, one knee up squat, uh, one knee up lunge kind of position, working on our ankle mobility a little bit. And it's about 20 minutes in and I pull out the power blocks and I'm like, all right, we're going to do five sets of 10 of deadlifts. And we're going to superset it with, um, as many pushups as you can after each set, max pushups. And that took the remainder of like 10 minutes. And I looked at my thing and I'm like, Oh shit. I'm like, uh, let's take a walk. I got to make a call and cool down. You know, like the minute I'm like done working out, I'm literally jumping on a call and I'm using like my cool down and I like totally prompt my employee. Like I may breathe a little heavy in your ear for the first like two minutes here, <laughs> but I just got done working out. And that was like my expectation of a workout. I knew I had 35 minutes. I literally set a timer for 35 minutes and I just kept working out until my timer went off. Right. And that's how I set my expectations for the day is like, I don't rush myself for my coffee because I got to start at a certain time. I just know I have to finish at a certain time. So if I decide to have a longer cup of coffee with my wife that morning, well, that means my workout is going to be a little bit shorter
1: right
2: no i love that and it's um i think this this awareness of time and i love working from like pomodoros and you know which are the 25 minutes 5 minutes so you do like 25 minutes of uh like work on the computer and then a 5 minute workout right so 25 5 all day i feel like that's a great way to be productive but i think it's appropriate to share this um i i was reading a book of recently Um, it's relevant. Of course it's appropriate, but, um, I was reading this book (laughs) and it was a book that I've, I've had for, uh, quite a while. And it was a book about like, it might've been like a Dan John book actually. And, um, I, this is no joke. I was flipping through and I find a handwritten note from my dad, uh, with an idea he had for a book that he wanted me to write. And, what it shared, he talked about JFK and uh, the, um, the presidential fitness program that I believe JFK started. And I'm not looking at the note, but around the time of, of JFK's kind of push for presidential fitness. And you, you remember when we were kids, we used to do the presidential fitness test. I don't think they do it anymore. But there was a program called the 5BX program. Have you heard of this?
0: No, I did not.
2: This is from the 1960s and what it is, it's an 11 minute workout where you do a total body exercise for one full minute or excuse me, you do you do a total body exercise like vertical chops or like, you know, uh, jumping jacks. You do that for two minutes. Then you do three exercises for one minute each and then you do something aerobic for six minutes. And it was this 11 minute program two one 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 six that I've used now for myself and my clients that just works so well. So it's total body for one for two minutes, then it's anterior posterior, and a strength movement for one minute a piece, and then six minutes of aerobic exercise. And you can do this Once you could do three rounds, but kind of in theme with what you're talking about, it keeps you just, you know, exactly, you know, this workout is going to be 11 minutes, 22 minutes or 33 minutes. (laughs) And it's, it's really a cool program. You can Google it and go to, um, if you Google it and then go images, you can actually see the different kind of exercise recommendations. But anyway, it's cool structure for this, for this perfect dad workout. Hey guys, sorry to interrupt the show. Wanted to throw out a couple of discount codes, uh, for products and, supplements that we chat about during this episode that I did not throw down in the live recording. The first one is, of course, Strong Coffee. If you guys head on over to strongcoffeecompany.com, you can use code JODI, that's J-O-E-D-I, all one word, all lowercase, at checkout, and save 15% on your Strong Coffee. If you head on over to kettlebellkings.com, you can use code RUNGA to save that save, save that, save, save that same 15% on your kettlebell order. And don't forget, I also give away gift cards to Kettlebell Kings all the time. All you got to do is leave a review wherever you download your episodes, screenshot it, and email it to my team at h e y H-E-Y, at com to enter to win. And finally, we've got Keon Aminos. All you got to do here is head on over to get Keon, G-E-T-K-I-O-N dot com slash stacked and check out all my favorite products. The very first top left corner product being Keon Aminos, a product that I think everybody needs to be on. Basically, almost everybody will feel a boost in their physical and emotional health when they incorporate essential amino acids, not just branch chain amino acids. And second to that, you've got Keon Flex, which if you are a dad working on the dad bod, maybe you haven't been working out, do your joints a favor and consider picking up some Keon Flex. As always, you can save 15% with code stacked at checkout at Keon as well. All right, guys, I hope you're enjoying today's show with Adam Von Rothfelder and continue to enjoy it now that we're heading back to the show.
0: Yeah. Yeah, dude. That's a, that's, that's awesome. I mean, I had never seen any, seen anything like that. I had a client who really pressured me, um, on getting to the shortest workout possible. And it kind of reminded me of this part in a book I read about from Ray Dalio, uh, on, like the um, like the reduced like a like a reduced business plan, right? And mm, I, I yeah. think it was I think it was in the book Principles. Um, I, I thought I thought it was Ray Dalio. So it, 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 it there was a a thing about how like a this you know two page business plan was formed, and it was like, you know, somebody brought like you know fifteen page, and he's like, can you like shorten this down to like you know. 10 pages. And then he's like, ah, oh, brings it to 10 pages. He's like, can you break it down like five? And he like brings it down to five and he's brings it to him. He's like, this is great. Can you bring it down to three? And so he brings it down to three and he's like, can you bring it down to two? And he's like, man, I just can't. He's like, great. Three page business plan. Right. Like that was kind of <laughs> like, that was kind of like the birth of like the, this like very abbreviated, like business plan. I heard this. You know, it was written in a book, and I'm totally drawing a blank. I'll 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 follow up with it so your readers don't think I'm a total moron, Uh, your listeners. Um, so, uh, when I think about that, I I was training the president, uh, the new president, of Miramax, not not the scumbag Harvey Weinstein, uh, you know, uh, Bill uh, Bill Block, who is a phenomenal individual, really great family dude. So I'm, I'm training the, I'm training the, the new president, the person who bought Miramax, um, from the estate. And, um, he was like, I got, two, we, start, we started working out together. He's like, I got 30 minutes for you. Well, like we'd be like 10 minutes in the workout. He's like, ah, I got like 15 minutes for you. So <laughs> I started like, so I started showing up with like 25 minute workouts. And, and then it was like 20 minute workouts. And he was, you know, he was paying me for an hour. You know, but it, so it wasn't about like the time it was about like, this is all he had. And he knew that. So I usually, what I would do is I would just show up and I say, what time is your first call or like, what time do you have to be done? He's like, and it'd be like seven Oh five that I'd, you know, be asking him this question by the time he got me into the house. And he'd be like, I have till 7:35. and he'd be so approximate. And I was like, okay, so we have exactly 28 minutes to work out by the time I get upstairs and get this all set up. So I just take a timer, set it in my phone, set it for 28 minutes. I start with the things that are the most important: movement, quality, feeling good, right? So the movement quality, so mobility, and then you know, wrapped it up with strength. And I use the mobility and movement quality as like the warm-up. And it, it was like, all right, that's all we have. You know, that's all we have time for, but we did enough. Working out like that, he was almost seventy years old. Working out like that in six months, and we started using some hacks. We started using like blood flow restriction on his arms. Um, I started using uh, variable resistance training, like putting him under high loads with rubber bands. Mm-hmm. Um, so a couple of nice little tricks. He mastered the get up. Was doing like you know uh, twenty-two kilo get up. He's a skinny little guy, skinny little five, eight, like very, very thin, 160 pounds, 150 pounds and, um, got very strong. And, you know, he had a I mean, dude had a six pack. When I met him, he was literally talking about getting, you know, some kind of like surgery on his stomach to like, get rid of like the fat because he was like, we doing yoga all the time. And he showed me what he was eating. And I was like, damn, bro, you got to eat more like you're you're so catabolic i'm like you need more protein like you need more you need more resistance training you got to you know s- stretching is great but you need to fucking lift something heavy you know and i got him to like deadlifting i think like he got up to 185 which was pretty cool you know i mean yeah for a 70 year old guy to be deadlifting 185 in his bathroom you know i mean it was it was pretty funny um he was lifting
2: 185 in his bathroom
0: yeah so we he had like a large (laughs) bathroom set up uh set up as a gym so it had like he had uh yeah it was like a it was funny man we would use like we would use like the bathtub sometimes to like put his leg up on for like split squats or you know like it was it was funny it was just kind of like a fifth bathroom in the house that he turned into a gym
2: that's funny (laughs)
0: <laughs> <That's> <laughs> yes, fun. you know he was new to fitness. He like I made him get the power blocks. I made him buy the TRX. Before that, he was just doing you know yoga, and yeah. uh, you know he started liking lifting heavy shit. He's like I feel good. What was funny about it was he was under a lot of duress at the time. He was a young dad. He, he was an old dad, meaning like he just had like kids too that were young, and he was much yeah. older. And he was under all this stress under like Miramax and taking over like a company that did not have a good name and working out really empowered him. He like became like more, like, like less like quiet, you know, less of like a, he became like more powerful. It was very interesting seeing like how it changed his psychology. And I think that, um, for some of you sleepy dads out there, you know, you need to, you definitely need to wake the fuck up and make sure that, you know, you're on point mentally and physically. Uh, Cause there's some weird shit out in the world. You got to make sure that you can take care of your kid. So
2: 100%, I- working
0: out in the morning, step one, step two, food. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Where'd you put, where did you bring his protein?
0: Uh, yeah, so uh, protein, I like to stay around like the 0.75 to 1 gram of protein per body weight, uh, per, 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 uh, per pound of body weight. Um, so I'm a big fan of the idea that we are losing muscle because we have become a protein snacking nation. Um, so we don't consume protein in in high enough amounts to elicit anabolic potential and our our anabolic switch is not being tickled uh, by your 12 gram think protein bar right so you're effectively just throwing calories into a dumpster and when I approached his diet. He was like one egg in the morning, you know, like so that I'm like, fuck that. You know, you wake up. <laughs> I'm like, you wake up, you, I want you, I want you waking up. I want you taking, um, you know, I did a scoop of strong coffee with him and, um, a thing, uh, one scoop of grass fed whey protein, all shaken up in a, in a shaker bottle Um, and that was 45 grams of protein, like first thing, like waking up within 30 minutes. That's like a, you know, a, a, a a tried and true thing that I believe in heavily from precision nutrition. Uh, you could do intermittent fasting. I mean, like there's, there's benefits, you know, calorically or psychologically, I guess, you know, like as long as you're doing it right, not actually consuming calories, you know, you're, you're achieving some things, but if you really just want to get as ripped and as strong as possible, consuming 30 grams, 45 grams of protein within, within 30 minutes of waking up is tried and true going to be it. Right. Like,
1: yeah,
0: I, John Berardi, who, you know, is not anecdotally studying shit. He's He is, he's, you know, he's He's actually applying science to large groups of people in you know, controlled tests, maybe not so much anymore, but like the coming up of precision nutrition and you know, showed without a doubt that intermittent fasting was not going to potentiate more muscle mass than a five, six meal diet consisting of 30, 40 grams of protein per meal. For a hundred and eighty pound individual, so when I look at somebody who's older, they're even they're hyper catabolic. Like we're catabolic, they're hyper catabolic, right? And so I think that they need you know that protein, you know, in in large amounts, just as we do, and maybe even uh, more so as to like what Dr. Gabrielle Lyon talks about out of New York City and how, you know, older people need to increase their protein by like exponential amounts based off of studies showing a huge loss of muscle mass. So it's like, I would venture to say that a lot of those people are parents, you know, that are losing muscle mass, right? And not because parents are losing muscle mass, it's because there's a lot of people that are parents, (laughs) right? Like, (laughs) so if you're a parent and you're becoming a parent right now, or, you know, whatever it is, ultimately like, this is your moment to correct, you know, a metabolic nightmare right now, you know, not, not experience it, but, but, you know, resist against it, resist against losing muscle, resist against, you know, becoming fat, resist against disease. Uh, You know, I don't know if it's too touchy to talk about COVID, but, I mean, we have people dying and it's like, Hey man, like a majority of those people that were dying were obese, diabetes, heart disease. Like I think 99.9% of them had preexisting major conditions, right? So it's like, I'm pretty sure that when the next thing comes and there will be a next thing, and that's not to scare you, but it's to prepare you. I once worked for an old guy and he said, don't live life in fear, live life aware. And that stuck with me from the age of 16. And I, I think about all these people that are just not aware of the risks of being unhealthy. Because you hear people even say, oh, I don't care if I'm a little, you know, I don't care if that I'm overweight. I'm like, well, then you must not care that you're healthy. Right. Like, that's what you're effectively saying. And I don't think that's what they're saying. Because I don't think anybody wants to be unhealthy. I think we look at Maslow's, you know, like the, the hierarchy of needs and, you know, we, the, the baseline of, of, of everything is our own personal needs, right? Like these, 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 these baseline things, it's a, uh, have you ever seen the triangle? Like the, the hierarchy, yeah. you know, yeah. psychological needs, air, water, food, shelter, Sleep, clothing, you know, reproduction, reproduction, becoming a parent, it's a psychological need, you know, and, and right now it's like a scary time where a lot of us are, are like being, are being pushed to not have like, you know, proper food because, you know, you may have lost your job or, you know, sleep because you're fucking stressed clothing because you can't afford it reproduction because you're thinking about not having kids. These are like basic needs that we have. That we have to find a way to take care of as individuals, and you know, parents need to like think about it for themselves, or it's not going to happen for their children.
2: Absolutely, and I, I, my podcast with Ben Greenfield, he he told his advice to me in becoming a parent was remember that you're raising your grandkids, not just your kids, and that's kind of stuck with me quite a bit. And when we look at that. That hierarchy of needs. And we think about, you know, the bottom of the pyramid being, you know, food, water. And then I think it goes to safety and then it goes to relationships and then it goes to strong coffee or something and becoming, (laughs) you know, becoming your strongest self. And it's it's no wonder, you know, with the amount of people not feeling secure in uh, their relationship or their economic situation or their financial situation, that they can't imagine, you know, becoming their fittest self. So, in other words, you have to hit those bottom pieces of the pyramid prior to to ever becoming that that best self. I wanted to share share something really fast just because you brought up adding whey protein to strong coffee and i've actually thought about doing this i don't make it cold all that often maybe you can inform us about just (laughs) worrying about denaturing the whey protein etc but Interesting little tidbit because Amelia, uh, you know, lifelong vegan virtually, right? And, um, you know, maybe maybe some years as pescatarian when she was really young, but she's really been averse to animal products her entire life. And, uh, you know, not only when she became pregnant, but prior to that, she, you know, began taking shots of collagen because um, we just felt like she had to get some protein and wild caught uh, marine collagen was this sort of like the first sort of pawn that, you know, I kind of worked into the, the chess game to try to get her at least <laughs> I will some get her to have
0: protein. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and then, you know, and then uh, not BCAs, but uh, Ben's key on aminos were kind of like the next thing because I felt like, well, if she won't eat 20 grams of protein, uh, five grams of aminos is probably going to give her at least some essential amino acids. But back to the way protein, um, because I think way you know, and I guess let me tell you one more piece of the story is when she was in her third trimester, I became very uh, concerned about her protein intake just because i didn 't feel like uh, she had gained very much weight throughout this pregnancy and uh, and I was concerned about the baby getting enough protein and and so we we chatted about it, and I ended up pushing whey protein. I got this amazing here in Luxembourg, this, um, and I haven't even been consuming whey that often for years, but, uh, I got this amazing, like Irish cow, organic Irish cows, you know, uh, whatever celebrated their birthday right before they were slaughtered or whatever. It's from the milk, but blah, 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 like the healthiest whey protein I could possibly find. And she ended up doing shots with it. And then as it relates to COVID, I felt like that was another reason we did this because, you know, whey protein has so much anabolic um, potential that it actually stimulates a lot in the immune system and glutathione production, etc., Talk to me about whey protein a little more, Adam, because I feel like a lot of people kind of moved away from it because of the, the demonization of dairy, the fears of mTOR, overdoing mTOR or overdoing protein in general. And I think it's it has a place. And like I said, I've even stepped away from it years, you know, over the last couple of years, but I put it back when I want to gain muscle and we put it into our final trimester of pregnancy. So obviously this, this food has a role. And, and the last thing I'll say, if you want to weave in just the amount of protein, because I, I get a lot of messages as to how much protein can we really have? Are you worried about absorption? What's, you know, you don't want to top it out, et cetera. Talk to me.
0: Yeah, man. Uh, protein, fun thing. So one, I mean, whey protein is the ultimate protein, right? It is, it is the, it is the granddaddy of them all. Like anybody who says that plant-based protein is as effective as whey protein is not getting the right amount of nutrients to their brain. So they, they are mistaken. <laughs> um, there are many reasons why. So one plant proteins are very fibrous and we, we, don't really digest and break down a lot of these fibers and the proteins that are in the time that they digest, right? And the proteins themselves are lackluster in certain amino acids that whey protein is effectively very high in. Now you could substitute amino acids that are fermented vegan amino acids and put in extra leucine valine, isoline, right like you could do BCAAs. that yeah, the BCAs, right you could do that And I, I forgot what year it was, but it was <clears throat> it was a couple years ago that they basically you know came to the scientific community came to a conclusion that it required a certain amount of leucine in protein to trigger this anabolic potential. And that has been the tried and true conversation since that has come out and I've tested it. You know, I've seen what plant-based protein does. It does not keep me looking the same way ever. I've tested it numerous times. I have taken friends and that were on plant-based proteins, put them on a whey protein, and in 30 days, their muscles look completely different. Right. So, whey protein is amazing for so many reasons because there is not just one whey protein. There are whey isolates. There are hydrolyzed whey's. there There are all different... There's caseins. There's... Right? So, there there's all these different size peptides and whey protein products out there that have different purposes, something that slowly digests, something that fast, you know, fast absorbs. Um, You know, if we're talking about reducing catabolic activity during a workout, you want the fastest absorbing amino acids to reduce catabolic activity. So you want the smallest... Peptide size, which would be something like straight BCAAs or amino acids during intra workout. But pre and post workout, you do not want to eat a meal like an hour before. Like the time it's going to take to digest that meat and those potatoes, like that is not what you're going to want to do. And if you're working out in the morning, you're certainly not going to want to just wake up and shove eggs in your face. So, I have been a huge fan since probably 20 years old when I first heard Dr. John Berardi on Carl Lenore's superhuman radio, which was a, you know, internet podcast that still exists. Carl Lenore is an an ultimate G and, you know, old school in this podcast game. And he, they were talking about whey protein and, and like there's whey protein concentrate. Like that's dog shit. Like, Companies that use that, like Super Coffee and some of these other people, like that I see like put like way concentrate, it's like, yo, I, you know, people are lactose intolerant. 63%. So it would actually be more surprising to hear that somebody is lactose tolerant than lactose intolerant. Yet social, social norms would have us say, oh, you're lactose intolerant? It's like all those people should actually be looking at us being like, oh, my God, you're lactose tolerant, right? Like that actually should be the way we say it. But like we like to make other people feel less, you know, so like not being able to do something is like less than us being able to do something, even if it's not good for us, because it probably still causes inflammation and other issues. So when I look at a whey protein, I look for an isolate which is going to be a pretty small peptide size. It's going to be lactose free. Um, It's going to be like a pretty quick absorbing. You look at the amino acid profile, you'll see that the leucine is 2.2 grams. There's a lot of like conversation around how much one can absorb or how much one can utilize at once. And there's all these like theoretical ideas around how much one can absorb. I think effectively, If you take uh, 25 to 30 grams of whey protein a day, I mean, uh, like at a time, that's all you need, right? You don't need that much. I don't think there's a lot of loss in it because it is a smaller peptide, right? It is going to absorb pretty readily. And the science industry has figured out things like estrogen and histidine and other things that help with absorption and, and, and activating uh, like certain comp, you know, certain compounds, uh, proteins like enzymes that help you digest the, uh, the protein fat, you know, faster. So there's less, you know, so there's so more of it is utilized. So, <clears throat> but that all being said, I try to get only 50 grams of, of protein through supplement that's about that's about my fill on protein a day like i 50 grams is you know is is as much but that still leaves me with having to eat 120 grams of protein which that's a lot of protein like if you saw what 120 grams of protein looks like it's kind of it's, it's a lot you know but it's what's needed to effectively uh you know maintain lean muscle mass and you have you have you know like people who you know have you ever had a girl clients who's like i don't want to get muscular have you ever had a girl right. say that to you right like bitch, Every one of them. like you think muscular <laughs> happens on accident like these girls that are doing crossfit are eating as much as a guy perfectly balancing their macros taking proteins amino acids fish krill oils Doing accessory work, hitting their biceps. Like, they didn't just become like that overnight. That was like six years of them eating a certain way and training a certain way. Right. Like, and they're a freak. And
2: yeah. And it's their full time, it's their full time job. Backing up real quick. So, do you have a yeah. favorite product? Like, we, you know, I think I'd be definitely be in a way isolate, but like in terms of back to dad and becoming the ultimate dad, what is the, do you have a favorite like dad way product that you would recommend that people actually take?
0: Dude, I really yes, I do. Um, I will, I will give this company a shout out too because uh, the the kid has really great ideas for supplements, and you know, not all of them I agree with the ingredients, but his whey protein is the cleanest and most delicious whey protein I've ever had in my life. the 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 label on it is fucking so clean, and I know where he manufactures it, and I know it's a really good facility. Uh, the company is called Myoblox. And it's a, uh, they're, you know, they're kind of like bodybuilding centric. Um, you know, they got a really hip vibe to them. But their Myoblox, uh, it's called Isofract protein or Isofactor or Isofract, something like that. It's the only protein they have. Strawberry shortcake flavor, whole. shit and talk talk about a motherfucking winner for the kids i take a scoop of that and uh a banana a frozen banana a little mct oil a little coconut milk and some water and some ice and i blend it up and turn it into the most delicious what they think is a strawberry milkshake i even put it in a little cup with a lid and a straw so it's like Full on, like mock strawberry milkshake deliciousness. It is so good, dude. So good. It's sweetened with monk fruit, no artificial flavors. Grass fed. You know, I mean, grass fed like crazy, dude. Like you would believe, you would not believe how many companies don't use grass fed products. Right. Right. Like not using grass fed, you know, ingredients when you would think they totally would be. And Myoblots really blew me away that they were using grass-fed whey protein and they weren't using sucralose and there was no dyes in it. So they they had me when I saw all that. I was like, sweet, this is a really good protein.
2: Yeah, no, I'm, I'm looking at it now. We'll link to it in the show notes. Yeah. I, I was actually just this morning real fast and, and just along the lines of essential amino acids. And I'm curious if you know kind of how many EAAs would be in like that 25 to 30 gram scoop. But, but a thought I had this morning that I wrote on Facebook, and I think it was pretty early. I got to check it and see if I actually hit post on that thing. But it, this idea of essential amino acids, whether it's in whey protein or, or just taking them straight, I have noticed so many people that just feel amazing when they incorporate 5, 10, 15 grams per day of these things into their regimen. And I had this parallel, like, this really needs to actually replace multivitamins. So when people add a multivitamin, they're trying to add this sort of, like, nutritional insurance, quote-unquote, right? And when we look at commercial multivitamins, they're, like, absolutely frightening sometimes but ultimately people want to feel better physically and emotionally and i feel like that's what people actually get especially if they're lower in protein from like these essential amino acids so um just a tidbit what do you think about amino acids replacing multivitamins conceptually
0: well, i mean man i mean multivitamins are a fucking joke okay like they're they're unless you're consuming multivitamin i mean Unless you're consuming multivitamins that are very high quality, they're a joke, right? They're all right. they're all synthesized. Like the likelihood of you absorbing them is like so low. It's like eat an eat an apple and get some get some, you know greens like a greens energy drink, right? So I think amino acids are definitely something that should be part of your morning or even your night routine. Um, I've experimented with aminos at night and have found very interesting anabolic effects when I wake up in the morning and actually look harder in the morning where my, my, my abs by harder, I mean like my abs are more pronounced, right? and it helps me stay away from cravings at night food cravings so i'll like sip on amino acids like post dinner and just enjoy enjoy that and you know you can get them in some fun flavors so it's kind of like you're drinking like a little tropical drink or some shit throw it on some ice and you know you can you can fool yourself into having a good time
2: no doubt. All right. So, hey, I got another question. Let's get off protein. Let's go Let's back to o- training. Now, one thing: you have two daughters. I now have a son. Is the show
0: going good? Is the show going good? Is it good? Yeah.
2: It's no. It's great. I just realized great. we good. talked about protein a lot, and I want to get back to the alpha. It's all good. Dad, it's all good. And I want to get back to. It's good. Is
0: everybody having a good time? Everybody's having a good time.
2: <laughs> so, so it was kind of an interesting thing when I found out that Emilia had a boy inside of her growing. I had a, kind of a strange like almost like a sigh of relief. (laughs) Like like you have two girls. So talk to me about like parenting a girl versus a boy, because again, I had this kind of strange feeling of I can do this. Like I, I, I felt a little bit more confident when I found out I was having a boy as opposed to a little girl. And I would have loved to have a girl, but I think like it to me would have carried like a little bit more, pressure and i don't know if this makes sense
0: yeah of course um so i i don't know what it's like to raise a boy except for myself um i do know that to quote uh to quote lewis ck who uh you know funny comedian maybe not maybe not totally right in the head based off of some certain things that I think you had, had a fall from a, grace. Yeah, that's, that, yeah, <laughs> oh, certainly a fall from grace. But he did say something that was extremely uh, insightful. Boys are, boys fuck shit up. Girls are fucked up. And he's like, for example, he's like, a boy, if, uh, you know, a boy breaks another boy's toy, the boy punches that boy in the face. You know, he, fu- he fucks shit up. He, like, breaks, he like, break that kid's toy. His, he's, like, on the other hand, he's, like, my daughters, he's, like, one of them, you know, tears the other doll's head off. And she brings me her doll, and she's, like, Daddy, tear this doll's head off. And she's, like, why? He's, like, because she tore my doll's head off. And he's, like, so what did I do? He's, like, I tore the fucking doll's head off. Because I'm a boy. <laughs> So, <laughs> so like classic example, right? Like tear his head off, like you're the fucked up one. You want me to tear this doll's head off, but I'm like the It's psychological
2: up one warfare.
0: Right. But I'm the fucked up one because I'm, you know, so like all like jokes aside, I think that me having a girl, me having girls was the best thing that could have ever happened to me. Right. Like I'm yeah. a very, I'm a very amped dude. I'm a very. You know, I, I I've, I've fought professionally. I'm loud. I came from a pretty aggressive upbringing in the sense that my dad was really physical. I would never touch a girl. You know, I would never hurt a, a, a girl and like a girl period. Right. Like a boy though, I could imagine hitting cause I've hit a boy. Like I've hit a man. Like I've not like I would hit a kid. Right. That's not what I'm saying. But like, you could become more aggressive with a boy, especially when that boy becomes a man. And I knew the relationship that me and my dad had and how he was very physical with me. And I would never want that. And he treated my sisters like angels. I would never want that part of me to come out. So I, I hoped for girls to help me like soften myself and to like be my best self. Cause like I'm my best self around my girls. And I hope that came out right, you know, but like, I no, think like. It,
2: it did. It's, it's an amazing counterbalance. Uh, nature, mother nature is
0: it knew mother nature, mother nature knew don't give this man a boy. Right. Like I'm just, I'm too intense. And like, you know, I have tons and I have nephews and shit and like, I've watched them. I raised them. My brother died. You know, I, I, I you know, there's, so he had, you know, two boys and like, I got a little brother, you know, that we adopted and I was, you know, I was older. I, I've never been physical. However, I did notice that I could get more mad at a boy faster than I could get, than I get mad at a girl, you know, and, and I knew that about me like at a young age, just cause like, that's how men talk to men, you know, in my family, I guess, you know, that was like what right. I was being raised at, not right, you know, but you don't always get right When you're, you know, in a family, it's a fucking, you know, it's a gamble of what's right, what's wrong, you know, (laughs) what, and what, 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 what color you land on. So I think that the, 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 the girl thing, I obviously have to be very aware. I have to be super aware of their emotions. I have to, and, and, and ultimately, like, I don't think it really goes that much different for boys, but. I think that with like girls I like you just, you do have to be gentler. And my daughters are so intuitive. Like my daughter, Azalea, six years old. She'll be like, dad, are you all right? She's like, she's like, I, I think you're having a hard day. She's like, you want me to rub your shoulders and straight up to starts rubbing my shoulders. You know, um, me and my wife, we're button heads, you know, at the very end of the, quarantine because we were also moving our family across the country and the business grew, you know, exponentially and all this in a short period of time, it was just a lot going on. And we were in the middle of moving and she's like, Hey dad, mom's having a rough day today. Take it easy on her. Okay. I mean like a six-year-old is telling me that right now, like I don't think a boy would have like really acknowledged that the same way. Like I, you know or i would have taken it from a boy in the same way i don't know and my wife wants right. you know she asks me all the time she's like do you want to try again for a boy you know do you and i'm like no I'm, i don't need a boy i have two beautiful children that's what matters like i have two right. awesome kids like it doesn't matter boy or girl like believe me one of them will keep their last name like that will be a thing <laughs> they, they'll be like no 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 you can be mr rothfelder <laughs>
2: that's brilliant
0: Um, oh my dating dating, this brings up a perfect point to talk about my dating philosophy I encourage all men that have daughters to invest in a 5 foot pedestal and a 225 pound atlas stone now what you do is you hang a sign when they turn around 16 years old that says if one must want a date one must lift stone to pedestal so either A, this person is going to be a future NFL player and you know that your daughter is gonna be financially taken care of. <laughs> you know, it's like or you know this kid is highly committed to dating your daughter because he has literally trained to lift this atlas stone. Yeah. <laughs> so either fucking way, you're winning. Cause you got a kid who can lift a 225-pound Atlas stone. To a five-foot pedestal.
2: (laughs) Uh, But but I think you raise a a cool point. So in other words, let me me ask you this, Adam. How are you, obviously, your daughter's vision of what a man is, what a man brings to the table, what a man can do is going to be based on what you expose them to.
0: 100%. Now,
2: in a world where, like, I think there's probably – the smallest number of men that can change tire on the planet right now than ever before in the last like hundred years. Right. Oh yeah. So
0: since the tire existed.
2: It, 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 since the wheel, it's, it's the wheel, the wheel was invented, man. <laughs> so how are you kind of navigating that responsibility and how are you sort of maybe intentionally or purposefully architecting a vision of man so that they perhaps someday are attracted to the type of man that you want for them
0: that's a great question um, my ki- my daughters already know that like it's funny They we were watching Aquaman and uh, he comes out of the water and they're like they're like dad they're like is he bigger than you and I go I was like <laughs> I was like Jason Momoa I was like fuck that you know, I'm like, I kick his ass. And they're like, that's what I thought, dad. You know, and it was funny because like they have this like confidence in me that they really think I'm Batman and because I was Batman in a video game and they really like, they see me, they see me in a certain way. And, and my goal is to not break that. Right. Like I think every child looks at their parent, whether you're rich, poor, poor, whatever it is, they see you in the greatest light. It's your job not to fuck that up. Right? Like you don't have to do anything to like earn their trust. You have to do everything not to break it. So I, when I make a promise, I keep it. I, I, I encourage them to, you know, play with me like on the slack line. I encourage them to come and work out with me. I encourage them to like play with the voodoo board and play balancing. Like I encourage physical activity. I encourage emotional stability. I I get down on one knee when I talk to them. So I'm at their level because I never want to seem like I'm talking down to them because I'm also aware that I have a very deep voice and that I can sound a certain way. And that like this little kid is like five, you know, X feet shorter than me. Like, like, they, they can't, you know, how does it feel to be that small, right? Like it doesn't feel good. Right. And so it's like to have somebody talk to your face. So I, I, I asked them for eye contact, you know, um, they see me work, you know, everybody, I I've heard a lot of people complain about having to work from home and their kids and this and that, Yo, know, I've done that from the start. I took strong coffee company from a, from, from a, from an angel investor to, you know, where it is today, you know, primarily by myself, you know, I had a good support team that helped me like, you know, be myself, but you know, to be around kids, my, I've never had an office. I've always just worked from home. So it's like, I've literally like, I take breaks to play video game with my daughter for 20 minutes during my work day. Like that's one of my breaks I take, you know, I, I take 20 minutes to draw with my daughter I make them breakfast every morning, right? Like I am making sure that they are understanding the values of how important family is and how important it is to respect one another with, you know, us even, you know, moving here back, you know, back to Milwaukee, Wisconsin and where family is. And we did that because we wanted them to see how important family was and I mean, I'll tell you, like, there was a point that we could have really broke their trust in this whole thing. You know, we 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 mentioned to them that we were going to move to Milwaukee, that we were thinking about it. And they were so excited to be around grandma again and be around grandma and, and, and their cousins and everything. But then at the same time, we were like, fuck, we really want to, we, Sally and I, really want to move to Colorado. Right? Like, we hmm. were just talking about, they got so excited about Wisconsin that we literally we like we couldn't break that so we, I mean, we we didn't go to Colorado and we moved to Wisconsin because I was like if we you know both uh, Sally and I agreed like if we don't move to Wisconsin like we're going to break their trust and and I think like right now you know you said that there's a you know, the, the, the parent that couldn't change the tire. I think the parent that couldn't change, I think the parent that could change the tire in some ways also couldn't handle today's like social issues. Right. Couldn't handle like today's, you know, crazy things that your kids are being, you know, bamboo, you know, like just confronted with, like you have to watch everything on fucking tv before your kids can watch it because they are literally slipping shit inside there like cartoon network is literally sleep slipping in veganism to children's programming talking about fucking tofu and shit and it's like you can't be on autopilot at any moment with your kid you have to be completely conscious boy or girl and I think like ultimately, like the biggest thing I can do for my children is to not not constrain them, but to support them and to protect them, but not stop them from experiencing, you know, and they, they have to experience pain, but it has to be in a controlled way. They have to experience certain things, you know, and and I know that and they're going to get hurt. And I think the best thing that you could do for at that moment is just let them know that they can trust you and that they can come to you at that time. Right,
2: and and I'm already resonating with that vigilance, and and uh, you know with the TV, and you know I just listened to a podcast with Paul Check and Sire uh, G, and that'll freak you out when you think about the messages that are being communicated through TV, because they're talking about just hidden messages in the light, and you know it's it's kind of crazy, but uh, you know I mean beginning with the hospital, and there's a, a mindfulness kind of lesson or theme that is. Uh, you know, how we come into the world and, and the parents' experiences kind of foreshadowing the experience that that kid is going to have or need or, or you know, your sense of responsibility. And, you know, we had a hospital birth here in Luxembourg and, you know, there were a couple of times I almost got thrown out of the, the hospital for, for pr- trying to prevent or question various things that were happening, including, you know... Um, different, whether it's medications or they literally were trying to spray Amelia with this propane stuff because they were trying to understand her sensation because she ended up with some, some painkillers. And I said like, what's in that? Can I see the label? Da, 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 da. And I was like, created a lot of friction anyway. Uh, so, so Adam within this context, and of course, you know, we're recording this kind of, I don't want to say at the end of COVID, but we've kind of moved on from a mainstream, media perspective to to all sorts of other social issues, And, and obviously there's an election coming in November, how are you kind of navigating these social issues and the pandemic with your kids, or if there are any kind of specific things you're doing to kind of tighten those bonds? And you talked about trust, and I think that's massively important. But in terms of being in quarantine and now kind of educating your girls on the unavoidable lessons that they're going to come in contact with,
0: yeah, man. I mean, my what kids you- were scared, you know, they, they were, they were like here, you know, they were, you know, they can not scared, but like unknowing, right? Like they, and, and unknowing is scary, you know? So all of a sudden like not going to school anymore, you know, and we preemptively pulled Azalea out of school about two weeks before they shut schools down because I felt like it was coming and I like shit to be on my terms, not somebody else's. So um, I knew that, I knew that, you know, we were, we're an extreme, we're an extreme society. Like I knew that it was just going to go to this extreme and whether, you know, you necessarily believe in, in all the hype of it or not, I think that it's ultimately important to filter what comes into your household. And I think that it's important to, as you know, parents acknowledge the fact that your kids are not dumb. They fucking hear everything and they, their memory is way better than yours. So you don't, you don't want to try to tell them they didn't hear something that they know they heard. You want to like be honest with them. So when, when everything happened with COVID, the, we were literally on our way back from Puerto Rico and um, things started getting a little bit like a little tighter, like things were starting to seem a little way and we got home and we instantly like, for some reason I went on like imperfect foods and, and I just like ordered, I ordered like a bunch of food and I ordered like a 48 roll of toilet paper from a website. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, I'm like, we're just going to get some essentials. Like, I don't really understand like what's going to happen, but like, we'll just, you know, in case we have to like get locked down, I have some friends that are like, you know, conspiracy theorists that are really deep into it. So they were kind of like sending me some stuff. I was like, well, just in case my crazy friends are right. Like, you know, cause I'm crazy too. And I kind of believe this shit. So I'm like, all right, like, let's see what happens. So we bunkered down. We, Made sure that we had tons of art stuff. Our kids love drawing. So we were just ordering art shit on Amazon. Uh, We had so many boxes in the house at one time that I literally built robots out of boxes um, as a project for me and my daughters and made them robot suits um, out of of boxes. It was hilarious. Painted them silver. And we did a video on TikTok called the uh, Robot Challenge, um, trying to make it a viral thing because so many people had boxes. But I mean, effectively, like I had it, you know, at the same time, like, let's just talk about like, at the same time, my company is growing 110%. While I'm under the fear that manufacturing may cease. Mm-hmm. And that source lines, supply chains might dry up with product provided this, you know, pandemic and where how far it goes or how how long it goes on for or whatever it is, right? So trying to manage all these things all while at the same time, now not just having one kid at home, but having both kids and trying to entertain them. So I woke up earlier, started waking up at four in the morning, working for three hours, then working out, then making my kids breakfast. And so like literally had to shift my schedule so that I could be more productive because I knew come around like, 9.30 9.30 when they get the, all their energy till about three, it was going to be not as easy. So I would get way ahead of the day. And that, that was, that was essential. Like shifting my time, shifting my time clock to that super early, like get in front of it, get, you know, get way ahead of the day. I would preemptively just send out all the emails that I needed to needed for that day. Like just, you know, people would be like, you're up early. You know, that was, that was usually <laughs> the, the first response by all the emails, right. Um, that they would be like sending back around like noon. But once I had all my emails done, I could do all my movements, you know, not like physical movement, but like my, my business moves. I almost felt like I was in like a waiting period. Like I had to wait for responses and wait for people to wake up because you're dealing with like different time zones. So it would almost give me like a two, three hour low where I could like just go and do other shit with my kids. So we like invested in a slack line, you know, my kids are walking on the slack line now. Uh, we just, or you know, we ordered a ninja line that's like an above head thing that we, you know, attach from tree to tree. We made our house just more sustainable for being happy in, you know, more board games, less TV you know, more, more physical activities. I literally leave balance boards just laying around the house, you know? So like, there's like workout equipment, just like, kind of like, and it's not real workout equipment. It's like play workout shit, kind of like just scattered (laughs) throughout the house. And like, so like, you know, 10 minutes ago, I was literally standing on a balance board while holding my laptop and talking to you, Um, you know, and that's just like random shit that I just kind of do throughout the house and my kids see And they do it too. And, um, I think the hardest thing that we've experienced thus far is their friends. And I think that's where we just have to remind them that we're, you know, we're their best friends and we're like, you know, we're, we're not all they need, but we're, we're, we're enough for right now. So it's hard for these kids to like be apart from other kids, you know? And, and I think that's because you know a lot of adults treat kids like kids so i try to kid treat my kids more like small people
2: right no that's and that's kind of like the attitude that we're taking to our parenting as well just trying to be extremely conscious with how we communicate even the baby boy you know he's 2 weeks old and you know when we change his diaper we're like hey we're going to we're going to be changing your diaper now <laughs> you know,
1: yeah, we actually yeah, got to yeah, yeah.
0: have it,
2: have a conversation
0: yeah well like I'll say to my kids instead of like that's not a good idea I'll ask them the question is that a good idea right 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 it's really just like how you reframe shit you know, so they can be about to do something stupid. You can be like, hey, hey, is that a good idea? And they're like, what? I'm, I don't know. What are you doing? And then they're like, I don't know. You know, like they don't know what they're doing either. <laughs> and they're about to yeah. like fall off something. You know, they, just, they don't understand like recourse the same way. Like they haven't learned yet. And I think it's like good for them to learn but you also don't want them to get hurt. So it's good for them to like catch themselves in the moment with like the right question or making them aware of like what's happening. Right. Yeah, man.
2: And, and, and how is this logic kind of, I understand strong, you know, you talked about the growth of your company and I understand you're kind of Adding some new products, and you know, it's it seems that you know. I understand you're putting some adaptogens in, and you know, in this kind of new world that we're in right now. That you know, over the past four or five months, there's been a little bit more stress. I'm wondering, like, how is this shaping strong, and and where is strong headed now?
0: And you know, this whole thing, you know, and and, and part of me, um, have you ever heard of survivor's guilt? Yeah. Right. I have survivor's guilt with the pandemic, right? And I think like you might be able to relate to me or, you know, I know you'll be able to relate to me um, with Mm -hmm. it. The pandemic didn't really, it didn't negatively affect me. You know, there are a lot of people that lost their jobs. There's a lot of people that have changed like the way they live, like in the sense of like not going to the gym, not seeing their friends, not going to the bars. Like that's not been, that's, I haven't been, that hasn't been my life in five, six years, you know, since having children. And the, when, 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 when the pandemic happened to me, it's like 96 Jordan clutch play. Like this is everything, you know, this is, you know, this is what you've been training for, (laughs) right? Like, (laughs) This right. is your, this is your moment. Like you lit- I literally said two years ago that this was going to happen in the very near future. When I started this company, when I was sitting in a boardroom with the founder of Tom's and the founder of other, some other really big companies like riot games and upworthy, I literally was like, I don't understand why we're investing in ready to drinks we're shipping 90% water weight around the world, around the country. We have massive refrigeration and environmental impact based off of, you know, based off electrical needs that we're seeing from massive industries with coffee shops on every single corner, you know, with, with massive walk-in coolers and, and this and that. When like, what we have in today's modern age is high quality instant coffee that you don't need any of that. You could just mix it with cold water. You could just mix it with hot water. You could have exactly what you want, that thing, but it could even be better. And I knew that nutrition was going to become that much more necessary. I knew that the regular person was going to become that much more concerned with health upon something like... This, I knew that social issues. Howard Schultz said that he wanted to create the third place. That's what Starbucks was. He wanted to create the third right. place. When I heard Howard Schultz speak two years ago, and he said that, when I was at summit, all I heard in my head was, "That's an old motherfucking thought." Like that is like. <sighs> That is like blockbuster thinking like blockbuster to compete with Netflix was like, yeah, let's send out DVDs too, bitches. You should have been thinking about streaming. Right. Right. Because you'd still be here today. Netflix wasn't ever thinking about sending DVDs. They were thinking about licensing for streaming rights. Right. Like, so when I think about, when I think about strong coffee and what I said about it two years ago, I said, we need, we need we need nutritional instant functional products and the first thing we should start with is coffee because coffee is consumed by so many people and it has some of the greatest built-in deficits of 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 like a, of a daily consumed drink anxiety dehydration and to be honest with you overmarketed hype around the idea of what it does for your brain positively, right? Like I heard so many studies about BDNF when I heard about coffee that I was like, damn, this shit, I'm like, that's so exciting. Unfortunately, it took me a while to read the rest of the article or the science behind it. And we get caught up in headlines and we think that because something increases BDNF that it should be celebrated when it's actually in fact fucking mediocre, mediocre, mediocre. And we could make coffee actually increase brain health. We could make coffee that doesn't take 20 minutes to prepare in the morning or 20 minutes standing in line for. Like effectively, if time is money and you're spending money on coffee, take how much you make an hour, how long it took you to get that cup of coffee, then add the cup of coffee to it, right? Like that's how much (laughs) you actually paid for that cup of coffee. So – That was two years ago. This pandemic hit. All of a sudden, nobody could go to their favorite coffee shop. Nobody was grabbing convenience-based items at grocery stores like coffee, you know, iced coffees or whatever, because it wasn't no longer convenient. It's, in fact, now unsafe to leave your house, says the CDC, and, you know, like whatever the fuck's going on. So people dive into the Internet, and what do they find? strong coffee. Right. And, and our sales went up a hundred and like 10% in 40 days. And it was insane. You know, so you don't have just
2: survivor's guilt. You thrive during this time.
0: Well, that's what I'm saying. Survivor's guilt because I thrived, right? Like when my brother died, I was like, Why me, why him, why not me? Right. So it's like, when you see all these people, you know, like possibly losing their homes, losing their business because they weren't, you know, they were so invested in retail or like whatever it is. Brick and mortar. You're, I'm kind of like, fuck man. Like we're flying and they're dying. And, 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 and as good as it feels to be flying, Like I can't not think of the people that lost their businesses in this. Yeah. Right. So the first thing I did when we started increasing sales is I literally decreased our price. Cause I was like, we need to make strong coffee more affordable. I know how good it is for your brain. I know how good it is for your body. I know how delicious it is. I know how instant it is. There's a reason why like, people that have $15,000 coffee machines in their fucking kitchen drink strong coffee instead. Because effectively, like, we're not drinking coffee. We're seeking energy. We're seeking mental performance, right? Like all of us, when we assumed what coffee was when we were children, the way we watched the parents, you know, fixate over coffee, we would assume it would be something almost like Adderall, but it's nothing like Adderall. You know, it's, it's like, there's no extra focus. There's just magnitude, no direction, and ult- and it wears off so fast, it's like a bad drug deal. You know, so it's like you just have to keep going back for more shit. Where it's like strong coffee, you don't have to do that. You don't have to get caught up in the fucking in the in the in the in the vicious cycle of running back to the watering hole, putting another cup of coffee in your in your thing, you know, making yourself further dehydrated, increasing anxiety, further potentiating stress, right? So stress is something that's caused by coffee, especially when on an empty stomach. Do you agree to that? Yeah. Right. So intermittent intermittent fasting with coffee, just coffee alone, not a good idea, right? Because it increases cortisol. It's going to increase a stress response. Your heart rate is going to increase. Yes, it's good for your heart rate to increase in some way as an ergogenic that coffee is. However, if you are a high stress individual or under stress, and I believe we all fucking are right now, the last thing we need to do is we need to pour more gas on the fire. So strong coffee, in my opinion, was a great way to wake up in the morning at the time. And still it, you know, and, and today because of the protein, the nutrition in it, you know, you're, you're, you're not able to say no to the nutrition, like in that fact. Well, after two years, I realize that some people just don't want to listen, right? Like they don't want to hear that intermittent fasting isn't good they don't you know and, and you know what as a as somebody who has learned a lot about being a parent i can't change it so i have to find a way to support it so i have put a lot of work in the last five months and you know years before that even understanding what these supplements all do but in the last five months have put together an incredible new product that will help support people who do intermittent fasting that is coffee based and real intermittent fasting not loaded with calories and coffee and because it's fat it somehow magically doesn't break fast none of that like Factual science, under four calories, coffee that reduces the negative impacts of intermittent fasting and consuming caffeine by having KSM-66, also known as a very potent source of ashwagandha. It's like about three times more potent than regular ashwagandha. And in fact, actually reduces cortisol from 18 to 23% at the dosage that we put in our cup of coffee along with the full-spectrum polyphenols found between our single-source Arabica instant coffee and the organic neurofactor that is from cascara sagata, which is the coffee berry that the coffee bean actually effectively comes from. So when we speak of the bean's greatness, it would be like saying that the mother itself wasn't even greater, right? When the berry is loaded with a polyphenol that increases our BDNF 143% greater than any other cup of coffee on the planet. So we then top that off with two times more L-theanine found in a standard cup of matcha. And to make sure that all this absorbs and still does not break your fast, there is 0.5 grams of C8, C10 MCT oil. Hmm so you have a four calorie coffee black coffee single source arabica non-gmo organic neurofactor ksm-66 and l-theanine all in a coffee that mixes hot or cold brilliant and it's fast i think you know and it's fucking fast proof like that's what we literally were trademarking it we got it on the label and we explain why it's fast proof when you scan the QR code.
2: Hmm. I love that. And and to add a little bit of color, because I've talked about the fact that I do a lot of fasting, I generally do about a three day fast every couple of months. And I've talked about how I maintain a shot of espresso in the morning and uh, on rare occasions, I'll even have one later on, maybe at 11 a.m., always before noon And that is my form of kind of optimizing. So in other words, you know, when I've still got work to do, if I drink coffee regularly, I'm going to take the hit with maybe the little bit of uh, liver glycogen that gets pushed out or that little bit of cortisol. Uh, I'm not sipping a, a 20 ounce venti Starbucks. I'm also drinking, you know, small farmed beans or shot of espresso from, you know, George Howell or somebody like that. It's very high quality coffee and now it'll probably be your stuff. Uh, but just to add some color, because I think sometimes when we're, when we're doing a, a fast and whether it's intermittent or not, sometimes, you know, just a periodic longer fast, you know, we still have to go to work. We still have to kind of, you know get the kids to school, et cetera, so I think this is going to have an amazing place, and currently, I will admit to using coffee, but not because I think it 's maximally great for fasting, but because i 'm optimizing my my sort of lifestyle along with it but i 'm stoked on this, and it, every ingredient you know we talked about purpose at the beginning of the show every every ingredient you 've added to this this new coffee, and you can you can tell us what you 're naming it um, makes total total sense, and I am incredibly excited to give this stuff a try because I think that is just super cool and actually one more thing I actually also I'm with you on the intermittent fasting thing and I think that there's big swings I think you know when somebody starts feeling you know doing something and whether it's switching to a vegan diet and eating tofu or whether it's maybe not eating tofu but whether it's switching to a vegan diet or whether it's beginning intermittent fasting you know what your body needs when you give your body what it needs you feel better but it doesn't mean it's the best thing like you said at the beginning of the show anytime every place every time forever, whatever it was. Um, and I think that for fasting, anything that helps you regulate your blood sugar and kind of go through some detox, which is something that I think we absolutely, absolutely need, Uh, we're going to feel a little bit better. But I actually believe that probably the best intermittent fasting protocol for health would be probably a weekly 24 and a bi-monthly three-day. But if we were talking 18 or 16-8 or something like that, I think it would actually be to have breakfast, have coffee and skip dinner. Because when we talk about BDNF and brain health, uh, going to bed on an empty stomach, have you seen any of this research in terms of the, the clearing of amyloid plaques and amazing? amazing brain clear clearing house when you go would, to bed on would, an empty stomach
0: it would definitely make sense that 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 would be happening because your body is also just a lot more efficient when you're sleeping at recovering and you know so if you're not eating too close to bed and you're not digesting things then effectively your sleep could be doing what it's meant to be doing It's kind of interesting, but I believe that the word breakfast actually translates to dinner. And I know that sounds weird, but I think that we did eat much earlier in the day. And that uh, we didn't eat super late at night. Um, I, you know, when when we speak of like... You mean from an evolutionary standpoint? From an evolutionary standpoint, yeah. But what's interesting... You know, but like people like to use that, you know, that 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 kind of like cross similarity to like, you know, I guess support intermittent fasting based off of like the warrior diet. And you know, you look at like Ori Hoffmeckler, and he's really the first person that, you know, brought this to mainstream with the book The Warrior Diet, where he talked about a twenty hour fast with a four hour, basically like OMAD, right? One meal a day. Yeah. And I read that book when I was 21 years old and did it for about six months and I fucking hated myself. Um, like I was depressed. I just did not feel right. Like cortisol, you know, and it was, everything was just fucked up. I was, I got super skinny. Like I was not keeping muscle mass. I was like, what the fuck? So I went back to my bodybuilding diet and all of a sudden it was like, boom, you know? Um, I think that like what's fascinating is that when we look at intermittent, when we look at inter? when we look at fasting, when we look at fasting itself, I think one of the people that I kind of lean to, to like put this on, you know, where if you guys have a problem with what I'm saying, say it to him. But Dr. Andy Gelpin, you know, mm-hmm. I mean, clearly, like clearly looked at me and said, there is no positive effects of fasting with autophagy unless you go beyond 36 hours. And he, you know, and he was very, I mean, he is very, he is such a factual fucking person. And you're literally talking about the head of Cal State Fullerton's kinesiology department, right? Like, I'm pretty sure that if he's saying that, like, there's got to be some evidence that supports exactly what he's saying. And a lot of people would have you believe that there's all these benefits, but really, I think like what's fascinating about it, is that when you look at a lot of intermittent fasting, it's really, it's caloric restriction, but you don't realize that you restrict that. that and that could be a positive for a lot of people, but they don't see the negative side of the adverse hormone reactions. And we ourselves are under so much stress and working out on top of it is even a greater stress. So like people who work out while they're fasting, right? Like that is not, you do not want to be doing that. You do not want to stress your, you you look to like your hypothalamus, your HP access. You're going to like fry your hypothalamus. And you may be able to lose a certain amount of weight now, but later on in life, you may not be able to lose weight at all. Like you may break your system and then you'll need coach Joe DI to, put you through a full leptin reset and douse you with a bunch of supplements and fucking hopefully you can start gaining muscle and losing fat again. You know, but like, I mean, isn't that what we would do to them? Right. Like, right. Send a hormone doctor, fucking get their shit right because you're fucked. So it's like, don't fuck yourself. You know, like we know more about our cell phones than we know about our own bodies on the average. Right. Like, People opt up all the time for new technology, but they don't opt up for new ways to like take care of themselves. So I think that when we're like looking at the intermittent fasting thing, if you're going to do it, do it smart, educate yourself, know what you're doing exactly. If you want to become younger and healthier and support your digestive function, you're going to have to go further than 16 hours. I love the idea of front loading the day, like you said, and going to bed and having sixteen hours in between your meals on the back end, because I'm super active in the morning, and throughout the day, as we all are. Like if we all just stopped eating at five o'clock and didn't, you know, eat till what would the math on that be, Joe?
2: Uh, you stop eating at five o'clock and start eating at what
0: nine? I mean, that doesn't sound bad. That be it's a nine to five yeah. job. There you go, right. the nine to five diet.
2: And there's your that's sixteen eight.
0: Yep. Yeah. Well, or reverse sixteen eight. So like he, right. he, he, puts 16, <laughs> he puts all of his on the back end. Right. And you know, where it's like not eating till five or whatever it is. And then eating all day. But like <clears throat> you have so many people doing that. It's like, then you have to talk about like, what are you breaking your fast with? You know, cause that's like effectively physiologically and psychologically going to set you up in you know a very certain way i have a lot of people that dm me and they're like when i intermittent fast i get the craziest cravings at night i'm like yeah because you're fucking hypocaloric like i have a hard time eating the amount of calories i need in a day all day how are you eating the amount of calories i eat all day in fucking five hours or eight hours you know even six hours whatever it is like that's got to be like a job like that's stressful
2: Right. I think it's interesting because having, you know, with in my work with people, I think if somebody is especially a middle aged guy, let's say a guy is 40. and he's, you know, overweight and, you know, needs to kind of make fitness part of his life, uh, starting with an intermittent skipping breakfast, I think can get that guy on the horse and he's going to feel better. But the interesting thing is after a bunch of months, I think all these things you're talking about, uh, come into play. And I've had a lot of people flip their intermittent fast and see massive improvements in sleep. And another interesting thing that, you know, kind of dovetails from what you were saying with the hormonal issues and, and caloric issues, uh, and also a, awareness and people understanding their why and what they're doing and also what they're looking at i think when people switch they feel great in one or two regards but they're not really looking at the whole picture and and the best example i have of that is probably a warrior diet where i've got Uh, I've had this conversation a lot where someone comes in, they say they feel great. They're doing the warrior diet. They feel amazing. And they're, they're quantifying feeling amazing or qualifying feeling amazing as not being hungry, not feeling hungry, not feeling addicted to food. But the first thing I do when someone says they love the warrior diet is I ask, how's your sex drive? Because it goes down in almost every guy that does it, but that's not the variable they're looking at. And they're not blaming the diet for that response. So I think we generally speaking need to really be clued in and and tuned into what effect what we're doing is having on our body. And when something stops working, having the awareness to change and try something new.
0: Yeah, 100%. Um, I think that when I talk about negatively about anything. It's cause I'm, 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 I'm such a contrarian that I'm always going to oppose the side because it's the only under, it's the only way you understand like the benefits is by understanding the pitfalls. Like you can't, you can't like measure only the peaks and not the valleys. Right. And so when I talk about like intermittent fasting, yeah, it fucking works for some people short term, you know, it's a great solution to certain things. Um, but like, really you're not intermittent fasting, you're intermittent feasting, right? Like it is, it does develop like a psychological issue. I've seen people literally hoof down like a hundred dollars worth of food at Erewhon that are hardcore intermittent fasters, you know, and like no self-control when it's eating time, you know, and you're like, fuck, but yet they're still shredded because they're so hypocaloric constantly and work out so much, you know, that, yeah, they look apart, but it's like, they're not healthy. Like their emotional state is not good. I, I think that we need to find balance. You know, Lane Norton says it all the time, like balance isn't sexy, but it, you know, it, and it, it, it doesn't sell, but it fucking works. Um, you know, if I talk about intermittent fasting, I'd probably gain 20,000 followers. Like if that's like, <laughs> right. Like if that's all I talked about, you know, because like, it'd be so extreme if I said like everything else sucks intermittent fasting is the only thing, but because I preach of balance, you know, and talking about like, you know, balance, you know, balance macros and eating, eating for sustainability. And, you know, it's just, it's not as sexy, right. It's not, it's not extreme enough to make somebody shift from their current diet to this thing. It's just not a big enough change. So I think that like, I think that that's like the biggest problem is people are looking for sensory like sti- they're looking for like stimulation through this thing, where in fact like they should be really they should be really tuning into what it is that they actually need and and getting down to it, getting hormones checked, getting you know food sensitivity tests check, um, you know doing an elimination diet or a rotationary diet of some sort like Paul check talks about you know any one of those fucking things, but don't just do something because somebody else is doing it right. Or, and it worked for somebody else. It's like, you got to find what works. You're gonna have to find what works out for you.
2: Right. And, and lately I've simplified this for folks and I totally resonate with what you're saying. Cause I think if I just posted on Instagram all day, just like me, like hard kettlebell presses, hard kettlebell swings, hard squats, hard deadlift, like I'd probably gain more followers, but you look at my thing and it's like, you know, 25% kettlebells, 25% cold, 25% Amelia and 25% something else. But right. the, um, it, it's, it's an interesting kind of world that we're, that we're kind of living in. Um, but uh gosh i just i just dropped my drop oh, my right. point take it back
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean the i, I it, it is it, it's super fascinating right because like we 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 all went from like as a as a as a as a scientific civilized you know civilian based scientific community let's call it that we all in the early nineties, heavily accepted Atkins and Atkins was like the end all be all. Then like the South beach diet, then this, then that, then it was like the four hour work week. It's always like I mean, the four hour diet, like there are whatever the, you know, like there's always, you know, the bulletproof diet, like there's all these fucking things that keep coming. And if you look at them, they literally are flip flops of each other. So they're right. like, it, it like flips from like high fat to no fat self Beach, Right. Right. It goes from, and then at the same time, the zone by Barry Sears was an incredible book, but it spoke about balance. You didn't hear, you, you know, like, like there weren't enough people doing the zone diet. They were doing the Atkins diet. You know, it's like, it, 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 so then you have, you have the self Beach diet. Then, That created, you know, then there was like the, the high, you know, like carbohydrates and like fibers and grains and everything. And like, fuck protein and fats, you know, it's like, you don't need those. Just eat more Tostitos, you know? And that became like this massive. And then we started confusing marketing for nutrition, right? Like there was all of a sudden like this massive hole that opened up and like food companies found a way to literally make us think like that, like what they were doing was healthy. Right. Or like that it was a better thing because they now had all these diets to lean on. You know, it's this approved. It's that approved. You know, it's fucking Weight Watchers. It's like counting points. These bitches don't know how to eat. Like they don't actually know. They're just following something and they don't actually learn like what is a good carb? What is a bad carb? They just know that like they just know that an ice cream sandwich is 10 points. Right. Right. But they don't understand like the differences of like refined sugars versus fruits, you know, but like yet a piece of fruit is the same amount of points as like a candy bar. Right. You know, so there's like, and it's. And and, And it's
2: all the same problem, right? Because like you said, everything's flip-flopping. And I think now, like a lot of times, like I'll eat egg yolks, but not egg whites, because, you know, egg whites can be a little bit more, uh, triggering for me from an allergic perspective, especially if I'm still, if I'm eating a lot, but like in college, I used to throw away the yolks and now I throw away the whites. So it's like, there's these, these swings everywhere. And then as a social media creator, you know, you're talking about how, um, People want to see the extremes. So, so there's this, and it's no different than the social environment we're seeing right now, just extremes, extremes, extremes everywhere. And this complete lack of balance in, in every area of life and, and to kind of dial back to just nutrition, whatever you're doing, I think the thing we're missing becomes the thing we need. And that's why these big swings feel good. But if I can like simplify this equation, how do you feel? emotionally and physically? How do you sleep? How do you feel when you wake up? And how do you poop? How do you feel sleep poop? And if those three questions, if any one of them is not, uh, good, then not, you don't have the right approach currently. If you don't feel good, poop good, sleep good. And that's like the, the way I've been communicating. And it's funny because I've gone down rabbit holes with people like with metabolic typing or, you know, all these different things. And then it's like, wait, let's just go back.
0: Did oh, yeah, this man. change
2: in your nutrition make you feel better, poop better, or sleep better, or all three? And if it didn't do all three, we got to change something.
0: I mean, it's it's fucking funny. Like you ask somebody, "Is pizza what's healthier, pizza or chicken?" Go, chicken. I mean, like the dumbest fucking person in the world knows that, <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> what's healthier, French fries or broccoli? Right. I mean. Like the, the 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 options are so obvious. I mean they're so obvious. However, if they aren't following a diet, they can't answer the most obvious question in the sense of like their own action. And that's the biggest problem is we're not actually educating people. We're we're right. we're we're taking people for a ride. And it's a lot of the times it's just to sell a book or it's to sell a, sell a supplement, you know? And that's like where I kind of fall back to like what Lane Norton says. He's like, extreme isn't sexy, you know, flexible. He talks about flexible metabolic dieting, you know, and like Mm -hmm. eating crap every once in a while, eating this every once in a while, like, because you have to like follow a moderation and balance, you know, there was a bunch of people that couldn't get organic fruits and vegetables that I wonder if like their skin is falling off right now, you know, or something crazy uh, because they're so hyped up on the most perfect food. But all of a sudden, like supply chains shriveled up and people in Malibu are like having to buy like regular conventional groceries, you know, at times. Like, no, they're not fucking shriveling up and dying. They probably got a stomach ache, though. You yeah. know, like, right. And yeah. and that's yeah. because they're not able to follow like this perfect thing because like they're 90 percent 10 beef grass fed farm can't produce their meat right now or so you know whatever it is and that's like what lane talks about i don't go to the extreme of like eating shitty food because it's going to help me i just know what i just try to get people to understand what is healthy and what is unhealthy and just unbiasedly looking at yourself and understanding what's going to help you continue to be strong right and when i speak of being strong it's you know it's it's more than like physical it's mental it's emotional it's literally an acronym, striving to reach one's natural greatness, right? Like if this isn't helping you to be better, then what the fuck are you doing it for?
2: <laughs> Words like, of wisdom.
0: Everything else in your life, you know, your visit to the gym, your $100 massage, your expensive shoes, your, your whatever. I mean, like it's a fucking joke when you see a Ferrari in line at McDonald's in LA. Right, It's like you can afford a Ferrari, but you don't have the education to tell you that McDonald's is not what you should be eating. I mean, I would have conversations with my clients. I, I literally remind them of their worth. I'd be like, I read on fucking Wikipedia that you're worth $1.2 billion. What the fuck are you doing eating Burger King? If I was worth $1.2 million and I wanted a fucking burger, I would call somebody and say, come over here and make me a burger. (laughs) Right? Like I would order a burger from a a, a farm. I'd have a farmer go kill a cow for me and make me a burger so fresh that it was mooing. Right? Like if I had a billion dollars, I would not be in line at Burger King. I remember finding McDonald's in my client's car. I was like, what the fuck is this?
2: Right. But that's where, you know, food isn't filling the vacuum you think it's filling. So with you, food is filling livelihood, vitality, resilience. It's filling, you know, it's being backfilled into a a different vacuum and the guy that drives the Ferrari or or has the bank account. Adam, hey, man, thank you so much for this episode. This was absolutely great. My computer is about to die and I think we could go all day. I think we gave everybody
0: a lot and it was really good catching up with you, man. Um,
2: Tell us where and when we can get the new fasting coffee for people in that swing.
0: Oh yeah. We didn't even talk about the name of it yet. You guys will just have to wait for the name. Um, So it's actually going to be coming out in the first week of July. Um, The first, yeah, I would say in the first 10 days of July waiting for an exact ETA. Um, it's uh, it's gonna be a great price point, um, under two dollars a serving, um, you know that it's gonna, we
2: can be sure of.
0: <laughs> that yeah, yeah, that we can be a hundred percent sure of. <laughs> even uh, if he has
2: to give a seven and a half percent discount.
0: Exactly. Even if it has to be exactly six point two point five percent off. Um, so yeah, it's that's coming out real soon. I'm I'm really excited about it. We're gonna have, um travel packs of it and you know a a large container of it Um, so you can get a 15 day supply or a a 5 day supply Um, and you know you can check us out follow us at strong coffee company Uh, go to our website subscribe there is a great little uh, we have a great customer service uh, person who you know is always on ready to answer questions got a little discount there uh, use Joe's discount though. that's even a better discount. And um, uh, check me out at Von Rothfelder. I'm starting to do a lot more working out and uh, throwing that stuff up there. Um, coming out with you know a 90 day program. Again, uh, the S90 that we had was went over really well with the community, but I kind of want to do something a little different. So uh, lots to look for. Strong Coffee Company, Von Rothfelder. Coffee is dropping soon. Get yourself some morning fix and daybreaker. We got that in stock right now. Oh, and we're also bringing the matcha back in the end of July.
2: That's amazing, Adam. All right, brother. And we're going to link to all of that in the show notes. So guys, go head over to coachshodicom slash stacked and you'll have links to all the things Adam just mentioned. Thank you as always for listening. Hey, guys, I hope you enjoyed today's show. For the show notes for today's episode, head on over to CoachJoeDI.com and click podcast from the menu. If you'd like to leave a review, which I would absolutely appreciate on iTunes or Stitcher, wherever you found this show please do so. These mean the world to me. They help me understand what my audience is gaining from these shows that I'm pouring my heart into and ultimately helps us to reach more people because these platforms like shows that get reviews. So it helps us out so much. If you're digging the shows, this would be so great if you could just leave a review. Also, I still give away $150 every two weeks to kettlebellkings.com to somebody that reviews my show. So if you leave a review, just screenshot it and email it to hey at coachjodi.com and my team will enter you to win this $150 gift card so that you can outfit your home with a couple of kettlebells on me. Also, when you're in the show notes, you'll find links to any products that we discussed for full transparency. Some of these links do contain affiliate links. This helps me to fund these episodes, pay my staff and ensure that I'm taking care of the people that take care of us. So I absolutely appreciate you clicking links and using codes. It helps keep this train on the tracks. All right, guys, until next week, thank you as always for listening. I really appreciate you guys subscribing and listening to this show every week. I really put a lot into them. So thank you so much. And you'll hear from me again next week. Take care.